Well, happy Mother's Day. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed this week kind of preparing for Mother's Day and really thinking through uh, my mom, what she means to me, and, and probably all the stuff I put her through. <laughs> I'm very grateful for her. Uh, matter of fact, this morning, Sissy and I were talking, and we were. Uh, she had said, when you think of your mom, what's one of those things that stands out to you? And, and I, I had to stop for a second and think about it, and I said, you know what? Patience. My mom was patient with us. Uh, there were four boys in her house, and uh, we were constantly breaking things, destroying things, <laughs> getting into stuff we shouldn't get into, uh, and my mom was very patient. Uh, and when Bethany talked about a prayer journal, that was my mom to a T. Um, I know there's, there were, I know there were times where I was constantly in my mom's prayers because as I've said before, I kind of lost my way there for a while. And so I know I guess I'm, I'm, I'm the result of the power of a mother's prayer. Um, so mom's prayer, it's important. Your love, your care for your kids, it matters. I'm sorry. <clears throat> uh, matters, and it's important. Don't forget that. Um, today, if I can keep from crying, uh, we'll, we're going to read out of Proverbs chapter 4. Mother's Day is a day that we've kind of set aside in our culture to honor mothers, and, and, and rightfully so. Uh, the work that mothers do is extremely important to the raising of their children. We set this out of time, and I, I honestly, I don't think I fully understood what a mother did, what my mom did, until I, I was watching it firsthand with Erica and seeing, it, seeing her encounter all these things that my mom went through as well. Um, I was talking with Erica this week, and she reminded me of a story, uh, and, and I did talk to Violet, and I got permission. She just told me to make sure to tell everybody that she was only four years old when this happened. Um, <laughs> So it wasn't last year. Um, but uh, the girls used, and they still do, but they, they made a, a big deal out of it. They were young, and so they would set up a chair in the living room and put pillows and blankets all over it, and that was mom's throne, right? And uh, they would give her facials and pedicures, and, and um, <laughs> uh, they would make cards. Um, it was very, golly. It was very fun, right? Very cute. Uh, Erica got to pick what we ate. She got to watch the movie that she wanted to watch. Violet finally had enough of it, right? She finally is like, this is not fair. You get your own day. I can't wait till I'm a mom, you know? Um, I don't think we fully understand what moms deal with, what they go through until maybe we find ourselves in, a, in, the, in our adult lives and we, for me, it's watching Erica go through that. But what mothers do, it's just vitally important to the life of their kids. So moms, don't give up. 
You're playing the long game, right? You never stop being a mom. The seasons change. Um, what's interesting is the book of Proverbs, which we're going to read out of here in a minute, Proverbs 4.23 is where we'll read. But the book of Proverbs is, is almost capped by the role that a mother plays. And although the book of Proverbs is written from the perspective of a father to the son, early on he writes in chapter 1, he says, Listen, my son, to your father's instructions, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. So there, right there, the role of a mother, her teaching, the wisdom that she carries with her. And then we go all the way to the very end in chapter 31, and that's typically known as that virtuous woman passage. Uh, that talks about what makes the characteristics that make for a godly wife, a godly mom. And the very first verse in chapter 31 says, these are the sayings of King Lamil, his name means belonging to God. And he said, these are inspired utterances his mother had taught him. Mom teaching. All the way through. At the end, we got the king who's, who's giving basically what his mom taught him. The role of a mother as a teacher is extremely important. What I want to talk about today is the way, that, the way that we teach. Often we think that we teach maybe just from where we know, what we know, but it's more than that. It's not just what we know and the wisdom that we're passing on to our kids. There's something else, and we'll get to it in a minute. So let's read out of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. Another translation reads this way, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And the heart, and when we hear that word heart, we often think immediately, ah, it's emotions, it's feelings. And that's what we think. But in the Hebrew language, the idea of heart, it wasn't just the emotions and the feelings, but it was the way you think. It was the values that you held. It was the mindset that you had. It was a way of talking about your whole being, who you, who you are as a person. So biblically speaking, the heart is not only the center of our spiritual activity, but it's also the source of all that we do. We're told in the book of Proverbs that the heart can become anxious, and we get that. Our hearts have been anxious. I'm sure mothers and mine especially, her heart was anxious at times for me and the well-being of her sons. Our hearts, if we wait and we hope long enough, it says that they become weak, that hope that's not fulfilled. Our hearts, when they are happy, when they are full, it becomes noticeable by the expressions on our face. The writer of Proverbs also talks about how pride can take hold of the heart, and it can be, become that guiding force but in the same light, wisdom can also take hold of our heart and guide us and direct us. The verse that was read by Cassie out of Psalms, God is the strength of our heart. So that heart, it's where the center of who we are, not just our emotions and our feelings, but our thoughts and our will. And the writer of Proverbs reminds us, from the heart flows the things that we do. Or, and, or another way of saying it is that from the heart flows everything, our actions, our behavior. 
Jesus, when he was talking about the tree and how the tree is known by its fruit, he makes this comment. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of the good treasure brings forth what is good. The evil person out of his evil brings forth what is evil. So that heart is important. So let me change the verse just a little bit. Um, Moms, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Even being a mother. But why? Why should we guard our heart? Our hearts are prone to wander. And that's why. Uh, One of my favorite songs, one of my favorite hymns, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. We sang it last week, if, if I remember correctly. Uh, but these are the words of one of the verses. O oh, to grace, how great a debtor, daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for your courts above. Our hearts are prone to wander. And so why do we guard? Why do we watch after our hearts? Because it, it is prone to wander. This week I was reading um, an article from um, a writer, Arlene uh, Piccolini, and she told the story of her son, and he was only four, he was young at the time, but they would go to the store, uh, and he had a really bad habit, he would see his favorite toy, his favorite cartoon character, and he would just bolt, he would take off. He wanted to, where that toy was, he wanted to be, and I, I totally get that, right? Like, that was me. Uh, one day, her and her husband, they decide that we're going we're in, to intentionally lose our child. <laughs> um, and and that, that's the way she worded it. We're going to intentionally lose our child. And so the boy, their boy sees his favorite character on a pair of uh, bed sheets. And so it says that he runs and he, he's just taking it all in, looking at it. And so mom and dad, they creep around the corner. They were able to see the whole time. And so once the boy just kind of had enough of of looking at his favorite character on the sheets, he turns and notices mom and dad's not there. Fear sets in, right? And he begins to cry. So quickly, mom and dad come in and they they say, son, you know, the store's a busy place. You You gotta keep your eyes on your mom and dad. You can't wander off. And then they begin to con- console him and, you know, saying that everything's okay. We knew where you were the whole time. But she goes on and she writes that our human hearts are prone to wander. But God's heart is always towards you. You're never alone or abandoned. As we pivot away from the worthless things that turn our eyes, and, and we turn our eyes towards Jesus, we discover he's been waiting for us all along. So why should we guard our hearts? Because we wonder. Scripture provides examples of this time and time again. And we're told that Solomon, who was known for his wisdom, in his old age, he had departed from God. His heart began to wander after other gods. And his heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord his God, like the heart of his father David. Our hearts wander. And it might not be that we're dealing with idols, but there are things that pull at our heart, at our affections, um, at our love, at our desires. James Smith talks about it this way. We are what we want. 
Our wants and our longings and our desires are core of our identity. They're the wellsprings of which our actions and behavior flow. Our wants reverberate from our heart, the epicenter of our human person. Our wandering hearts chased after things that, that seem good, that, seem to, that we think are going to make us happy, that, are, that seem to be full of life, but yet we find sometimes, time and time again, that it's not. Our wandering hearts are always chasing after something new or something different. So, why do we guard our hearts? Because they wander. Moms, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it, even the work of a mother. But here's, I think, where moms have an advantage, okay? Moms are really good about watching and guarding. I'm, I'm going to speak for myself, but I, this is probably a reflective statement across the board. Dads, not so much. Um, there's many times, and I've, I've lost count a long time ago, where Erica would say, where are the girls? And I'd be like, oh, they're... I don't know where they're at. <laughs> I'm not sure. Moms have that sense of, of being watchful, being aware of where their children are. And so moms, when it comes to watching after your heart, you're already, you're already there. You're, it's, it's intuitive almost of what you do and who you are. And so just a couple things that I think that maybe, speaking kind of in the terms of mothers, things that maybe that your heart needs to be guarded against. And it's not just for mothers, but it's for all of us. But moms, guard your heart against the comparison game. The prayer that Bethany had read mentioned that it, it's hard sometimes. You, you see what other people are, are doing, what they're doing with their kids, or what it looks like, and, and it becomes hard to deal with that. That comparison game gets, becomes tough. Mothers, your jobs, they're busy. Whether that's you stay at home or you've got a job that's out of the house, your life is busy. Matter of fact, I read an article from salary.com, and the, the question of the title was, how much are moms worth? And they really tried to put like a, a dollar amount to that. And so then they list some job qualifications that mothers do. Let me read some of them. Chief finance officer, chief operating officer, logistics and analytics, housekeeper, laundry manager, van driver, teacher, facility manager, uh, meeting and event planner, kitchen manager, assistant athletic director, staff nurse, bookkeeper, physical therapy supervisor, nutritional director, customer loan officers. That's, our, that's where we're at right now. Um, fast food cook. I like to say short order cook. Conflicts manager, conflicts resolution, interior designer, and fundraising coordinator. And I'm sure there's plenty more. So if we're going to add all that together, moms are really busy, and their salary should be about 250000 probably. Um, but moms are very busy, and the pressures that mothers are presented with, with and trying to balance all the demands that we just kind of list, listed right there, it becomes difficult. And it becomes even more difficult when as moms you begin to compare yourself to other moms. And so this, this happens often on social media, right? And you begin to scroll through, and you're seeing 
And this is what they're doing. Jessica Thompson writes about it this way. Social media is exposing a deep-rooted problem of looking at others, looking to others' fulfillment and acceptance and the tendency to compare and despair. Constantly seeing the best parts of our friend's life, however staged, makes trying to be okay with your life very difficult. Moms, guard your heart against jealousy and despair of playing the compare game because from your heart flows your life. The writer of Proverbs also talks about the heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. He also says in chapter 17, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Avoid the comparison game. Guard your heart against jealousy, envy, and despair. But also guard your heart against pride. Being a mom is hard enough. Um, and what's, what's strange, and we talked about this a little in class today, what's strange is the, your new parent, and they just send you on home from the hospital. And part of you wonders, is this a good idea? Like, should they allow this? And there's no manual. We don't get a manual on how to raise kids. Um, I, I like sci-fi movies, um, and I like movies that involve time travel. They get real complicated, and there's certain rules to time travel, what you can and can't do. That's besides the point. Um, it, we, we can't time travel, right? We can't go back in time, and, and I, I wish, for me personally as a father, I wish there was some things I could go back and tell my younger self hey, don't do this, or do this. And moms, you don't have that ability either. You don't have that ability to go back and tell your younger self something. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to focus on. We may not have that ability to go back, but what we do have are the voices of experience that are around us in our community. When I say guard our hearts from pride, don't allow pride to close you off from the voices of wisdom that are in our, in our congregation, that, have, that are here, that have experienced what motherhood was like. They know the traps. They know the falls. They know what to expect. Rely on that. Lean on that. And I, let me, I'm just going to, uh, I made sure with Teresa this morning, but there's still spots. There's, what is the date on that? 4th through the 7th of October. And some women's trip to Branson. And it's all ages? I should have asked that. I'm sorry. Um, I only bring that up to say that moms, this would be a good opportunity to meet with some that have already been there. They know the ropes. So take advantage of the experience in our congregation. I, I did ask that question to a few moms. I asked, if you could go back in time, what would you, what would you tell your younger self? Um, LaVonda mentioned uh, not maybe being so hard on, on her children. And I, I guarantee you, ask Carl that question, was your mom hard? And he's probably like, no, nah, no. Nah. Um, I think moms, we judge ourselves, moms judge themselves harder uh, than they, they probably need to be. She did tell me this, though. She's like, I would have told one of my sons to talk more and one of my sons to talk less, and she wasn't going to give any names. So... <laughs> I think, I think we all know what she was saying. <laughs>
So. Another one was expectations, not having set the bar so high for a kid. Or realizing that, the, that it goes fast, that, that the time you have with your children at that phase of their life, it goes quick. It doesn't last long. My mom, I'd, I'd sent her a text, asked her that question, and she said, as a mom, you find yourself always wondering if you did the right thing, or if you did enough, or if you can make up for a failure. And I think I would remind myself that, God's, because, that God gives grace because I'm not perfect. It is, it is a crazy thing that we are learning how to be parents while we're parenting. But God gives grace when we need help. We also have that, that expert advice, right, that we can lean in the church. Hannah Anderson said this, talking about this connection between the young and the old and the community that can be developed. She says, learn to value motherhood means learning to value the role a mother, mothering impulse plays in uh, forming and building and defending our communities. At its most basic level, biologically, motherhood testifies to how women from form community within their own bodies, two individuals living together as one, but a woman's instinct to protect and care for her community goes beyond bringing children into this world. So too, we must understand that the role that God is calling mature, godly women to play in the restoration of the church and the broader community. We must learn to recognize the unique, irreplaceable work God is doing through such women. These women are more than worthy of praise on this Sunday. We've got mothers of our church. Matter of fact, Mary got up and said a prayer, right? A mother of our church, the experience and expertise that is found there. So guard your heart against pride. Guard your heart against jealousy um, because from it flows uh, your life. If we, were, if we were to read kind of the rest of the Proverbs in context, we're going to see that how this plays out. So let me read chapter 23, or verse 23 through 27. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life, or in, in other words, everything you do flows from it. And so the, see the move here. Put away from your dece- put away from a deceitful mouth and put devious speech far from you. Let your eyes look directly ahead and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet, and all your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right nor to the left. Turn your foot from evil. From flows from the heart to the mouth to the eyes to the feet, the things we say, the things we do. What we love shapes and molds us into certain kinds of people. Mothers, guard your heart. Be careful what you love. Um, we spend a lot of time talking about the importance of training up our children in the way of the Lord, and often this is in terms of teaching, right? Uh, so for a mother, it would be a mother sharing her motherly wisdom, right, about hey, this is what it means to grow and, and to live and, to, and, you know, just these different phases of your children's life. But, this is important to remember, mom, your sons and your daughters not only learn from, by what you know, they also learn from what you love. 
the things that you hold dear, the things that shape and move you. The same can be said for us as fathers. They, they not only learn by the things that we say, the things that we teach, but they learn by the things that we love. What do they see us loving? What is it that moves us? So intentionally guard our hearts. Moms, intentionally guard your heart. Be deliberate about what moves your heart and where your affections are. Keep watch over yourself. Moms, instead of, um, it's important to continually go to the source. The, the, the verse that we read in Psalms, that God is the, the strength of the heart. When Jesus Christ is the source of life that should flow from us into those around us. And so in John chapter 7, he says, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Our relationship with Christ should flow from us into others, into our kids. Moms, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day you've given us, and thank you for the time where we can come together and we can honor moms. I pray, Father, that you would just give us guidance and direction, give the moms uh, the courage and strength that they need. We're very grateful that you gave them eyes to watch over us, ears to listen to our joys and struggles, our laughter and tears. You gave them legs to run to us when we fall, arms to pick us up again and hold us when we cry or cradle us while we sleep. You gave them hands to wipe away tears, to brush hair from our eyes and dirt off our face. You gave them hands to hold when we are scared and when we need to dance or just a little help. You gave them mouths to kiss away pain and a voice to encourage and comfort. You gave them a voice to pray with us and for us. You gave them minds full of ideas and wisdom and hearts full of love. So God, on this Mother's Day, bless the mothers. Give them your strength, your peace, and your love so that they may continue to give away all those around them. This is a time of commitment. You're more welcome to, to stay seated where you're at as, as Cassie sings. If you'd like to pray, if you're sitting near your mom, maybe you want to grab her hand and pray with your mom. Maybe you want to pray with those next to you. Maybe you want to come to the altar during this time of commitment.